0: been thinking we should start a ponzi scheme together mm. <laughs> okay all right done do you have plans or how does it work well, just a standard ponzi scheme <laughs> oh okay. it the usual just the usual yeah it doesn't matter what we're selling we can sell we can start a <laughs> cryptocurrency maybe oh Bitconnect connect too i used
1: to do this thing where like I have this little notes app and I've used it for like years and I got to the point where like I would write down little things that I had like I wanted to voice opinions about them but I they would get mixed in with other like to-do items or whatever and I would never be able to get them back but because of this podcast I've started my my host notes and so now when I have something that like, I just want to talk about which is like pretty frequent it goes in there and uh, it's actually been like mentally healthy just to not like i don't i just don't you know i think like oh this is interesting thought and we'll come back to it when we talk to on the podcast so
0: yeah i think that's a good thing to be doing with a podcast and you're better at it than i am uh but i've been using simple note and uh you know trying to get my thoughts down in there
1: yeah simple note will it'll work wonders it drove me crazy for a little while because i just uh, i spent like hours in the app, just like if making my notes like more arranged and things. But uh,
0: yeah, that's the hardest part about notes is that like, I just brain dump constantly. And then like, okay, now I need to find these things and like keeping them, writing them down in a way that's organized, whether it's for work or just like random things, that's the hardest part.
1: Well, how about this here, we're off script already, but let me, let me go through very, very quickly how I use Simple Note. I don't remember if I said this before. I don't think so. Um, But over the course of like using it for many, many, many years, I have developed a a vague system that kind of can apply to anyone. So what I have is, you know, all my notes, and there's like hundreds of them. But the things that are consistent here is I have one that is just called now, and that I keep blank um, except for whenever, well, it's blank whenever I'm not, Using it, I guess. So like, I'm using it right now because just my show notes are in it. But I'm going to delete those, and it's going to stay blank later. So it's just like a scratch pad to write stuff. And then on top of that, I have one that I call Temp, and Temp is just like I just write something in there so that it's written down. I never review it. If I like go back, I can search in there, and I can find the thing if I really need to. But it's just like to mentally free myself from having to, you know, keeping keep it remembered. And I never even have to sort all this stuff. It's just it's just an archive.
0: So, do you use Simple Note as your main, like note? Like you, you're not using Evernote for anything.
1: No, I use Simple Note. I I use Things as well because, like, I'll just have like I use Things to a very limited degree. It's just I'll have like Things as an app. It's just like a to do a to do list app, and I'll have like six to maybe ten things at the most that are just like the most pressing things, and it's just it's really easy to like move things up and down and reorganize it in things like you just drag um and sometimes i'll even use it has like an inbox where you can just dump stuff and then sort it later and i kind of use that as my like like a temp thing in in things also but that's kind of you know works in parallel with simple note um but simple note's just where everything else goes
0: okay yeah i still love Evernote and I kind of have like a hierarchy of what kinds of things like how notes are organized but I guess just like my what I've been trying to do recently is uh, like think about how I would search for this thing and just like make sure I put those kind of keywords in there like I, I briefly started trying like tags and I don't know something about that just wasn't working with me but I also I also have like an unsorted folder so like anything that just, I'm just, I just need to get it in there quick. I put it in unsort unsorted and then like every month or so I'll go in my unsorted folder and then organize those.
1: Yeah. See, I used to do like power sessions of going back through notes and it just, it was awful. So I think the key is to just not over, overcomplicate it. And uh, the other thing I didn't mention here, I have a note that I call to don't, which is just like if I said this, a list of like things that I should do, like eventually maybe, but they're not super important. And it's just like, you know, I wrote the thing down. I'll consult this list whenever I'm like not doing anything, but otherwise like I just ignore it pretty much. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. So it's, it's a slowly evolving system, but uh, I don't know. I know what you mean though. Like I had a note for this uh, podcast that was, it's like, I found it, right? I didn't I didn't not find it by searching, but I didn't like put any context to it. So I think it's like South Korean app pricing. And to, like <laughs> I have no
0: idea what I meant. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> so in simple note, it's only one level deep, right? Like what I'm looking at is just a list of a bunch of notes that aren't in any sort of folders.
1: Yeah, you can tag things, which I do, you know, just to keep them kind of organized and um you know, if I, if things get really hectic, I'll just tag the ones that are that matter to me, and then I'll search the tag. Or you can pin stuff to the top. And I used to pin a lot to the top,
0: but I've just I've stopped doing that. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm purely using Simple Note for uh, the podcast.
1: Mm, yeah, but it's pretty good. Like just chronological ordering, I never have to go more than like you know ten notes back or something to st- before it just gets to this like really old stuff that is irrelevant and. You know, so it's just it kind of naturally keeps things organized. Like if so if you if you modify note at all, it bumps to the top is the is the thing. Yeah. Which I think is like a lot of default behavior with like the regular notes app and stuff, but I don't know. Somehow it yeah. feels maybe a little better with Simple Note, but
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know how we transition to this at all, but uh the new iPhone just came out last Friday and I have I got the max and I have a few small thoughts about it but overall the I got the max so the bigger screen isn't as big of a difference as I thought it would be but Mm -hmm. like the the 10 was already too big so my thought was just like you know what's bigger like it's not going to be worse and Mm -hmm. that's that's been that's been mostly true but it is nice to have slightly bigger screen but it's not it doesn't feel as much bigger as I was expecting
1: okay uh yeah, I mean it, so it's essentially a, almost exactly a plus size, right? It's just that you get more screen out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have yeah, I I stopped by the Apple Store and just kind of poked around on these phones and the new Apple Watch. So I have a couple different little notes about some things, but uh yeah, I'm going to be sticking with my SE for a little while so I don't uh I don't know, what else. any other comments on the the Macs? No,
0: not really. I but I am really excited for the Apple Watch, which I'm not going to be getting at least for a few months cuz I still have the original Apple Watch from the day that it came out. And uh it's definitely slowing down. Uh one one thing to note about the Max though, that I do like is the battery life. So, you know, it's 6:30 here and my battery's at 75% still. Like so and yesterday I went to bed with the with it at 40% and i was using it pretty heavily all day for maps and and things like that. So, battery life is is great. Nice. Yeah, i I'd, I'd hope. I mean, right, so
1: this is uh, Do you think it's actually the best battery life of any iPhone like ever or have like has some iPhone in the past had better battery life just because it was like less power intensive or something? Uh
0: the only thing that i could think of that would be comparable would be the 8 plus um but i never i never had that it's by far the best battery life of any of the iPhones i've used though yeah.
1: okay yeah the SE might be somewhere up there it's probably not as good and also mine's at like like that battery percentage beta thing it has like 83% right now but i still you know it's still pretty reasonable so just cuz it's a
0: smaller phone i think maybe it might do pretty good yeah i was meaning to ask are you using iOS 12 yet now that it's out? Yeah, I am. I am using iOS 12. I nice. have many a comment.
1: And I, I whittled these comments down.
0: <laughs> Do you want to go the, through those?
1: I, yeah, let's...
0: Uh, I don't so, mean to throw us too much off topic. I know we have a, a big capitalism Oh, no, this, this is a
1: topic. This is a topic for sure. <laughs> uh, it largely is screen time related. I don't uh, yeah maybe I didn't order these as well as I wanted to but I guess I'll just go down the list here so first of all first of all I right I create my categories um for apps for screen time right so I've got like like I've grouped things in simple note together because I consider them like I'm I can waste a lot of time in both of those but it's doing the same thing it's just like trying to organize my my life yeah which is like kind of ironic I can waste so much time organizing my life so like This is a great example of where screen time can save the day. Uh, So I have Simple Note, and I have things in the same category and they're limited to like, I don't know, 15 minutes, half an hour, whatever. Couple problems here. Number one, the progress bar, or there isn't a progress bar, right? Like I can't actually get a good idea of how long I have remaining for this collective, uh, like little grouping of, of apps that are being limited unless i look at each individual app's time and and like add them but you know i have a yeah. lot of apps in some of these so
0: you're limiting your time to for to do apps
1: yeah i mean like, like i said i've spent some serious time in simple note and it's pretty um like liberal at the moment to the point that i don't think i've hit the limit but okay uh, <laughs> i just pretty much well, we can kind of get to it but i find screen time not super useful so the big use for me is like to just have a high like a ceiling where it's like all right you have used this an insane amount today recognize that and stop yeah R- rather than like oh you know this is you know you know y- you've used it some and probably you should stop but it's still like a reasonable amount now i'm just like if i see the thing say like you've hit your limit that's like wow okay things have gone horribly wrong
0: yeah that makes sense
1: yeah so I really wish I could see a progress bar. That would be rather nice. And it, like, so I have a, a bunch of things that just relates to this. The fact that, um, like I can't even create a, um, you know, you know, if you hit like app limits and you go like add an app limit or whatever, it doesn't let you just pick apps. You have to like sneak around and go into the little view of like most used apps and then click on that app and then click edit apps. And it's like, it's hidden to the point that for, like, a full 24 hours, I didn't realize that I could uh, group by specific apps.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. I'm looking at it now. I see what you mean.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I just... What I was doing for a while was I just... Because cause it would group, like, Reddit is not in the social media. It's in, like, references or reading or something. And, like, I don't want to limit other reading things or or whatever. So yeah, it was just, it was all kinds of backwards because I was using like the, the always allowed to just make sure that I don't even know what I was doing. It was, a, it was a mess. And, but, um, it's a little better now that I realized that I could do that. But I think that like generally it's very confusing right off the bat. Uh, and I like, I, I don't think I really like those category things at all. I think you could just, I don't know. Do you have a comment on any of that?
0: yeah I generally find I don't find the categories too useful I just kind of I I've even taken off my limits because I was I wasn't really hitting them anyway mm-hmm. and every time the beta updated it like erased all of my settings so that's mainly why But like looking at it now let's see for the last seven days my only limit I had was on Instagram and I've used it one hour and eight minutes over the last seven days mm, um, yeah so have
1: you have you hit a limit and then just hit ignore no i haven't done that so i do that like constantly because i tried i I had it pretty heavy heavily limited
0: but you're the one that set the limit though why wouldn't you listen because i
1: then i need like it i go uh, it's either what it what these things really need to do i don't know if this would even be possible for the apple watch I could see it being kind of possible, but I would love for it to try to guess sort of my general state of mind because there is just a moment where my brain is switched into like kind of addicted to the internet, like just, um, you know, you know, you know how you get with just like going down a feed and it's like, it's a different mindset that if you're like trying to get something done and be really productive and it feels so different that I would be surprised if it weren't, reasonably easy to measure and i don't know if it requires like a brain device maybe which at that point yeah we got to wait a while but i feel like even just maybe heart rate data you could derive some conclusions or something
0: yeah You're, you're saying how would it use that information
1: uh just basically like if they determine all right he's in like crazy addicted to the internet like scrolling through endless feeds mode or even you could even do that with like just analyzing how I'm using the phone. No sensors on me, just like, you know, maybe use the AI bionic type chip stuff and just derive whether or not I'm doing that. Uh, And then if I am in that kind of like bad consumption mode, then kick on the limit. But a lot of times I'll hit my limit in bad mode and then I'll be doing something productive and need the same app because like, you know, this is why I haven't just abandoned Reddit and like Instagram and things. I do a lot of actually productive things just you know messaging people in twitter or whatever um and and then i hit the limit and i'm like all right just get out of here so like it uh, immediately i dismiss it so it's a catch 22 of of a sorts
0: yeah or maybe if you could set a limit for like don't let me use it for longer than 10 minutes at a time oh be, yeah that would be cool or it'd be nice to also see like how many times have i ignored the pop up for this app that way like, yeah. maybe when you're in a better state of mind you can reflect and say oh man I've ignored it like 25 times I love both of those ideas and I hadn't thought of them before it's funny though looking at my most used it's like YouTube is at the top because I watch that every day while I'm like eating lunch and also on the bus sometimes and then it's Pokemon, Pokemon Go, Reddit, Maps Messages, Instagram and then my browser so not a whole lot going on aside from youtube and pokemon go but maybe i should limit those two a little bit
1: it it just has no concept of what is like healthy use of these same apps right now and right i, I really love like i said both the things you just said i hadn't like especially the like a cooldown time pretty much and that could be you know i could see that even being like a hard like i would i'm not using the passcode thing because it's just going to be kind of annoying to like If I do need to get into an app, like contact whoever has it and then, you know, get the passcode and then unlock it for myself. But if it was just a cooldown time and I just had to wait like 10 minutes to use this thing again. Yeah, that seems way more reasonable. So. I like it. A a good low tech solution there.
0: I'm sure Tim Cook's listening.
1: Oh, he's out there. (laughs) We should just email this to him. I think that's what we'll do. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, there we go. you have an hour. <laughs> You're a busy
0: guy, but according to uh, Jeff Bezos, at his Recode interview, he reads all of his emails. So maybe, maybe Tim Cook does the same thing.
1: Well, we'll just send it to Jeff then, and they're like friends, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure they are. Here we go. Problem solved. Uh, working down this kind of list I have here. So when I hit a limit. I will I will hit this ignore thingy, like ignore limit thing, and then it will you know, open up the app again. But the thing is like if I hit the limit with like Reddit and Facebook or whatever, and then I just click on Reddit and then hit the ignore button, it does not re-unlock Facebook. And I just like I don't I think it should. I could be convinced otherwise but it's a little bit weird to me. And also the bigger problem I think here is just, I can't really tell, like if, if you have every app on your phone set to always allow, or, or like everything in a group set to always allow, I don't think there's like really even any indication when you hit your limit at all, except for, I think it'll say the the five minutes remaining thing.
0: Maybe that's something I haven't been using. So you're saying you're setting a limit for a category, but then excluding one of the apps, but you would like to have a notification
1: let's just say that i let's say i add twitter and facebook to a group that i have like 15 minutes if i if i use twitter for 15 minutes it'll lock me out if i say like ignore this for the rest of the day i'll continue to use twitter and twitter will no longer be like grayed out but facebook will continue to be grayed out and i like logically i just think that i have said ignore this limit that means ignore the limit that is the the limit on the group right and as far as i can tell i don't think that it does that okay I see what you mean yeah but my bigger thing again is just like it's really hard for me to tell what is actually happening and how much time I have left and which things are locked out and yeah like if things are always allowed it makes it even more confusing because you're like well I've hit the limit on this group but half of the things in the group are always allowed so it's hard to yeah it's just ugh.
0: so my question would so have you uh gotten the limit and stopped using it for the rest of the day yet (sighs) no i i find this i don't okay so my question would be i'm gonna i think i'm gonna have to take the side of the app here and say that why are you even setting the limit if you're not listening to it
1: but because it's been like a weird process like i might pick a point where i'm like okay we're gonna really follow this right now. And at that point I might use that passcode because I intend to really follow it. And it's, you know, easy to really follow it if I physically cannot uh, get past the passcode. Um, but it's been kind of experimental right now. And I've just been sort of disappointed in like, uh, yeah, how, how I, how it works kind of. And the other thing that's not helping here is when you add a bunch of apps together, uh, it'll just change the text to like Reddit and Facebook and two more. So it's like, it's really difficult. You got to jump into the folder. It still doesn't tell you the time that you have remaining for the total category. And
0: this is kind of just like,
1: I don't know. It, It doesn't feel like the best
0: interface to me overall. Yeah, I do agree with that. They could do a better job of like making this like more customizable with like just the interface, not even so much like, like they've done all the difficult stuff just how you input that could be done better yeah and i'm i'm not
1: super convinced that it's all that accurate i don't really have proof but i've been keeping like an eye on the number as i use things and it's like it's felt wrong i don't know maybe people have i mean sure i'm sure people have like checked this and i I don't know does it seem
0: accurate for you i think so let me let me take a second look for just today let me see if the today looks accurate to me 'cause I, I remember someone saying
1: that I think it at least wasn't accurate. I think Gray said that it wasn't accurate c. g. p. gray, and I don't know that it actually got fixed. It's better than nothing, but
0: yeah, I mean, just looking at the my today it, it does look pretty accurate, but I wouldn't be surprised if it if it wasn't um, yeah, and like it, oh, I know yeah. for
1: a fact it doesn't like update immediately, like it's not after one minute it updates yeah it's like you gotta either refresh it or wait there a second or something
0: yeah to you i would recommend turning off all of your limits and just using the phone for a week and then looking at what your usage is for everything and and then like setting your goal just slightly below that until you're not hitting that and just kind of maybe taking it lower because I think if you're hitting it less often, like set easy goals. If you're hitting it less often, maybe you're more likely to listen to it when you do. And then once it's like, if you're actually trying to change the habit of using those site types of apps, um, as you get better at like using it less, you can gradually reduce your time in each one.
1: Yeah. I will give them points because I think, I don't know, I dismissed it because I've gotten to the point now where like I just immediately dismiss these like five minutes remaining reminders or whatever. Um but I'm pretty sure it gave me one that was like, hey, congratulations, it's been seven days and you now have like solid data on your app usage, which is not true because the first day of iOS 12 is extremely different than any other day for me. Yeah. Um, but also in general, I, I use it like very, like on, a, on a, a very unusual kinda, you know, there's a wide range.
0: Yeah, I would like to also see, like it only gives you the last seven days Like, I want to see further back than that. I want to see for the past, you know, three months, how have my trends been going in different categories or just overall.
1: And this is a little bit of the thing. So, you know, I was really excited to get iOS 12 and look at screen time. And then I was like, oh, there's no data in here. (laughs) Like, I don't know how to set the things. And so (laughs) this has been this like process here. But yeah, yeah, I'm going to look back at it, I guess sometime soon here but i really think that this first week was pretty skewed by just the the weirdness of ios 12 itself um i do have some uh i kind of like thought about how i would like to see this work and uh so so this is my idea here okay i think again it was either cgp gray or maybe also us when we were talking about this before but the idea of a rolling basis you know what I mean?
0: Um, No, keep going. and I'll see if I remember.
1: So this is like... It's funny because in the same keynote presentation, Apple talks about how Apple Watch now has a, a rolling mile timer or whatever. So that means like how long did it take you to run the last mile, even if you're on like mile 3.7? It's like, all right, what is the time between mile 2.7 and mile 3.7? So it's, it's just always updating. Yeah. And so what I would really like to see, what I would really like to see is rolling basis. Okay, how long, or no, how many, um, well, here's my things that I'd like to see. The number of unlocks, the average time used, like the phone has been used each unlock. The total number of unlocks, or I'm sorry, the total time unlocked which I think, so some of these things it does do, and then total number of notifications for a rolling time period, right? So, for example, it would say, all right, you know, this time yesterday, this is what these numbers look like. So, this is how many times you had uh, looked at your phone and unlocked your phone and how many notifications you had gotten in the last day yesterday at this time. Yeah. So I think that would be very useful. And then on top of that, I would really like the custom ability to pick whether, like how frequently it's rolling. So do I want like the last hour and see if I can improve how many uh, unlocks I do per hour? And so I get this really rapid feedback or maybe I want in the last day. And so just on a day by day basis. Uh, and then also I, it would be interesting to see. So like how many notifications did I get in the last hour? but then on a frequency of of every day. So like, all right, I got this many notifications in the last hour. And if it were yesterday at this time, this is how many notifications I would have got in the last hour.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah. And that wouldn't be too difficult to implement either. And we were even talking before about just notifications around pickups. So like a rolling thing would be really nice for pickups because then I can say, I don't want to pick up my phone more than, you know, 10 times an hour because right now it's, I don't know what it is, but like I feel like just pickups is kind of the big issue with even the phone at all. It's just people just picking it up and using it when they have nothing else to do. And that's a pretty common thing to want to fix.
1: And I don't even care that much if it's rolling, but I would like controls over. uh, All right. Just what time frame are we talking about? And then also, you know, when are we going to compare this to? Does it even show like Like this is how many times yesterday that you unlocked your phone. I don't think it does that. So even if it was just like it rolled over at midnight rather than it being a constant like the last 24 hours, I would still like to see all right comparison of the current time frame and the previous time frame. And also I'd love to choose the time frame, like
0: whether it be a day or a month or an hour or a week. Yeah, there's no way to see yesterday. There's like a, in the week view for pickups, you can see like a bar graph, but it's not like very precise and exactly like what each day was. Yeah. And it's like organized by the categories, which I disagree with pretty strongly too. So yeah. And then a big thing that I still want is just more like, I want to be able to group my contacts into like, I guess groups. So I can say like, I only want notifications for this group. I only want badge icons on my messages for this group and I don't want to see like anything from these groups because really I don't care about getting like I don't need to like respond too quickly to anybody except like my wife and I don't even want like badge notifications on my messages for anybody but her like maybe family or something otherwise I want to be able to like you know be more like an asynchronous communication with everybody else. Like when I go to my phone to reply to things, I can do it then instead of being interrupted um, the same way for one person as I am for another person.
1: That feels like, you know how if you click on screen time, there's like the downtime tab and the app limit tab and all the, the pr- or restrictions and all that? Yeah. It feels like they could add another tab that is like, I don't know what you call it. Apple would come up with some fun name, but like essentially whether you want certain people to be synchronous or asynchronous. And you could just toggle like, you know, give me this whenever I check things or like give me this immediately.
0: Yeah, because in your phone book you can create groups. So it shouldn't be very difficult to be able to assign those groups to different levels of importance uh for notifications.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, you could kind of, I mean, you kind of do this now, but, like, you know,
0: right, you can turn off. But You have to, like, well, you can, like, say, don't show me calls for my favorites, but, like, it doesn't translate to um, messages. But you can mute a person in messages. Yeah, but what am I going to, I have to go mute everybody except my wife? <laughs> I guess you do, yeah.
1: <laughs> or, like, yeah. as they come in, you know, how many people do you really get texts from? not very many or just you know it's organized chronologically so just
0: go down the line until you're happy i haven't done that but like you could kind of yeah i don't know i guess i could do that but even if it were like cross apps like i don't want to like maybe i do want notifications on snapchat but only for my wife so if there's some way to like join that in with your contacts this is my you know this is my wife's snapchat name so now you're grouped into only show me Snapchat notifications for her and, you know, across everything else.
1: It sounds like it's basically just a contacts revamp at that point. And I think it does become sort of a significant project there. But, I, you know, just I don't know if maybe iOS actually does have this, but I don't think so. Some kind of like support for developers to like, um, you know, build in connections on you know, usernames to different contacts in your phone.
0: Yeah, I've seen for I've seen like um places to put like a Skype, you know, address or something. And apps can request access to your phone book and access to edit your phone book. So it would just have to add a field for their app and say, Okay, search through the context, look for this uh title and pull that if it equals, you know, whatever. You you, you could query their contacts and and do something.
1: It it would be messy right now, though, because, you know, like if Snapchat went in and set, you know, whoever's Snap username as um, what it actually is, like I could go in and edit it. Right. And just mess it up, essentially, and probably should be like at a lower level that I don't have like abilities to change. It's just like Snapchat. Snapchat says this is, you know, this username matches up with this phone number
0: yeah but i guess like that would be nice but you could still do it now to where you like apple wouldn't need to change anything all snapchat would have to do is say these are all of your contacts that are are connected and these are all the ones that aren't and then for the ones that aren't it could say um add it and you know if you edit it and then yeah you messed it up but then you'll just be in the like add to that contacts pile then and you could still go back and fix it like it wouldn't be ideal but it would be it would get you 90 percent of the way there
1: i have a related fun fact for you Gil.
0: okay do you
1: know or i don't know what i was gonna say with do you know but uh so okay do you remember the time when elon musk tweeted his phone number on accident oh, no. i did <laughs> not remember that oh you don't know this yeah he um apparently thought he was like direct messaging to some like other CEO person and it was just straight up his real phone number, (laughs) like his actual just cell phone. (laughs) Um, and it's, it's a whole fun story because so the tweet got deleted, but it was out there. And then, and for a little while, I think it actually probably just called him, but you know, shortly thereafter it started to redirect to, oh, I forget some video game reference. I don't remember the details right now. And then after that, I think it even went to just some, uh, Really generic, like artificial robot answering thingy. I don't know. So they had fun with it, even because it it had a video game reference when you called it at some point. But it was it was a fun day. Did you call it? I did eventually, and it was. It got to the point where I think maybe still, if you call it, it it some guy answers and it's like, hey, this is like Larry or whatever. And but it's a recording, like it's not a real guy. I don't know if that's like just a standard recording that people use to like ward off, you know, random callers of the phone number or what, but it's it's it sounds like a real guy, but it's not. Yeah. But anyway, how this relates is um so when you have people in your contacts and then you go use apps like Twitter and Snapchat or whatever, you know, these apps while you can't search a phone number like Facebook used to do, you used to be able to straight up search a phone number and it would return a profile picture or profile uh, like a Facebook profile. Yeah. Uh, Snapchat was a little more subtle in that the f- person has to be in your contacts and then it will inform you, hey, this person in your contacts, you know, we have record that this is their Snap username. Yeah. What is it called? Snap
0: name? Snap account? Uh, Snapstagram.
1: Yeah, I, s- I feel like I sound old because I'm pretty sure there's a word for this, like Snap... I guess just his snap, right? So anyway, I put Elon's number in my phone uh, contacts because I'm like, yeah, that's fun. Why not? Um, Somebody else on Reddit found this actually, but I put it in there anyway. And yeah, Snapchat tells you um, the like his account, which is (laughs) probably I would guess because it was you know like I don't think anyone you know he can just not add people and stuff, but
0: I would imagine this this is still his snap account. So I wonder if you can, because, you know, like a few years ago, something was hacked and Snapchat and a lot of like images were stolen. I wonder if you, you could get phone numbers the same way. So you would just find all these celebrities like accounts based off their names and get their phone numbers.
1: I think you basically can. I, I bet. Well, you know, there's a lot of possibilities, but then also there might be a rate limit where it starts to shut you down because it knows what you're trying to do. But at the same time, Facebook didn't really have a rate limit, and, you know, people were using it to harvest phone numbers, and that's why it doesn't exist anymore, because it was a security issue. So maybe it is, uh, you know, you can look people up by adding random numbers to your contacts and then looking to who it relates to in Snapchat. I don't know. But anyway, his his username is, we might bleep this, but it is... I'm going to go add that now. Don't add it. No. <laughs> Give him his privacy, but I I'm not sure this will go into the podcast cuz I like I don't want to put it out there, but what do you think is? I'm trying to figure it out. It might just be a
0: random number. Um I have no idea what that could be. I don't know. Let me see what shows up if I just search duckduckgo. Nothing cuz it's duckduckgo. Hey, duckduckgo is great. I've been using it for three years now. Yeah, nothing's really showing up. Yeah, I don't know if it's a sci-fi reference. Maybe I'll ask Reddit. So,
1: still in the in the realm of screen time, do you know if screen time data, since this is kind of health-related, does it get logged in the health app?
0: I haven't seen it, but I haven't searched for it. It's possible that there's, like, a card for it.
1: Yeah, I'm too lazy, and I didn't actually check, but... um. I really hope it does. I guess I'll just leave it at that right now because I'm not sure. But, uh, it, yeah, especially if you could export this stuff and this stuff, like the things that I was talking about, you know, I could make a little, I could make a shortcut. I could make a shortcut that would calculate this stuff for me if it did go to the health app, but I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I'm not seeing it in the health app. Mm, it's
1: a shame. It's kind of it's a health related thing, mental health stuff.
0: Can you access. Um, screen time from shortcuts. No, I, I did try that
1: because I was like, you know it would be a great killer combo. the two new features, you know, interacting with each other, but it currently does not.
0: Yeah, because I feel like you could make some cool triggers based off of when you hit different, you know, times on app for different things.
1: Yeah, I, I think it'd be great. I, I hope that's the plan. My guess right now, you know, I'm not. I didn't use workflow, but it feels like Apple changed as little as possible from what existed. And so maybe they're planning to roll out more integration with like Health Kit and uh, Screen Time stuff. Yeah. Two more little notes about Screen Time. One, I have actually ended up with more notifications because Screen Time will send you like, oh, you've got five minutes left, or oh, it's you know you've reached your limit, and and related to that do not disturb now summons every time you turn it on you know have you seen you get a notification about do not disturb
0: um no i have not seen that so when do not disturb comes on you get a notification
1: you do and it'll go back away when you turn it off which one i don't that feels like it's against kind of like the rules of how notifications work right like this notification is special and now disappears, but two, the fact that I can dismiss it, like it is dismissible, it makes me want to, and it's just, it's horribly ironic that Do Not Disturb now immediately gives you a notification.
0: Hmm, maybe I'm just used to it, because I have Do Not Disturb comes on every night at 10 p.m., but I don't know, I can't remember seeing that, but uh maybe it's just happening so often that i just get used to it no yeah, it gives you one and you
1: can clear it or you can it just says like do not disturb will be on until you turn it off will be silenced until you notifications will be silenced until do not disturb is turned off like thanks <laughs> i need to see that every single time
0: oh okay on like just on the lock screen there's like a um, little okay yeah maybe it's just a lock screen but it is like a notification that can be dismissed and everything. No, yeah,
1: no, yeah, it's yeah. in the it's in the it's in the notification center. I think it's everywhere.
0: Okay. I just need to pay better attention.
1: <laughs> I just find that ironic and also a little bit annoying. Yeah. The other thing that I find a little bit annoying is camera. Okay, have you tried to send a photo from the Oh, that drives
0: app? me crazy. Is this
1: is this how you it always... works now? Surely yeah. there is a way that I'm missing.
0: Well, you can you have to go to like the apps and hit the photos uh, app. You can't like, and it, it, it drives me crazy too. I hate that. I to always clarify hit. clarify
1: for people. <laughs> <it> was,
0: <laughs>
1: I used to send a lot of photos by clicking the little photo sending part in messages. And then, you know, it would present me with, what, did it did have an option, right? You could choose camera or photo library. And then.
0: I don't know. I've, I haven't used it for a, a few months now.
1: I think it had an option. And to their credit, if you're trying to take a photo, which can be time sensitive for it to immediately go to the camera is more like it's technically a better call, I guess. But to have to boot up the camera and it shows me whatever it's looking at and like its potential to accidentally send a random picture of whatever, um, you know, mostly just booting up the sensor. And I think
0: I think wasting battery, I, I don't like that at all. Yeah, and you have to hit the... So in the first, like, four betas, you know, you would hit the camera, it would open up the camera, and there was no way to go to photos, so you had to, like, close it back out and then click <laughs> on it from the app, oh through, yeah, the app drawer. Yeah. So I guess they realized people are clicking that to... I, I guess they realized what was going on, but they didn't fix it. They just, you know, added, I guess... An icon to that screen
1: i feel like they must have some kind of indication that people It probably lo- like just looked at the data and i guess maybe most people were taking a picture when they clicked the camera thing
0: so they just streamlined it yeah i guess my assumption is that nobody's using messages apps and they're trying to push people to that app drawer oh so they know people are going to be sending photos. So they're like, okay, we can at least get these people to recognize that this is here.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's going to work because So if, if you don't know, if people don't know, you can like pull like hold and then pull down on the little app icon thing. And that drawer will go away and you'll never see it. And I don't ever want to see it because I don't use it at all. Um, but I guess I'm going to pull it out on occasion. No, I'd, I'd actually rather go to the camera. I don't like it, but I don't like that uh, bar thing even more.
0: Yeah. I would rather it I mean give us an option to like make that a number row or something if you're going to like
1: I don't know. Yeah. It reminds me there used to be a thing where if you took a I love that they added the screen capture, like like you know what I mean? The screen capture thingy for iOS. Yeah,
0: so you can like annotate them right after you do them.
1: But it was it's like a video too, right?
0: Oh, that screen capture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: That. And then um When that first came out, if you accidentally hit it because, you know, it's in the um, control center thing and it's like it's really easy to just hit, it would start a three second countdown and like nothing could be done about it. Like it was just going to count down until it started to record and then you had to go cancel, like end the recording, go to the photos app, delete this like one second recording that just happened and then like jump back. And it was just like a, a 15 step process to get rid of something that you accidentally clicked. <laughs> but, you know, now yeah. you can hit cancel. Like, you can just tap it again, and it stops counting down.
0: Yeah. I, I never ran into that issue, but I've run into, like, a bunch of small things like that, so I'm not surprised.
1: Yeah, and so and my last thing about iOS here is they... So the, the count, this is back to this rolling thing. It rolls over at midnight right now, and, like, the people that benefit from this the most are up past midnight you know <laughs> like uh, yeah I like i would love to see the day or, or an option for the day to roll over i could even see this in accessibility because it really is like a a mental health kind of thing like give us the ability to set that to whatever time people are actually transitioning their days or you know if you work random weird hours or whatever just like yeah you know the people that are, are benefiting most need that to be
0: not midnight so yeah yeah, because, you know, there's a whole group of people working third shift and things like that. Yeah. But, like, even just the option to, do I want to see today or do I want to see the last 24 hours? Yeah. That that would solve it for those people.
1: And, Gil, we have lost—this is, this is watchOS. I only have one comment on watchOS, but the fact is that we have lost possibly—I'm not sure about this, but I think maybe we lost the modular faces that can be all one color, but I might just have missed them— And I like that, but also, and way more importantly, we have lost the time travel feature.
0: Yeah. You texted me about this. Oh my gosh. I'm more depressed over not having watch OS five because it's not supported (laughs) on the first watch uh, for me to worry about that. But I wouldn't even get it. I mean, it has podcasts and everything now, but
1: like what, or, um, time travel, like which you just roll the crown and it peeks forward. Like it, pretends you're traveling forward in time and you know you can see upcoming uh calendar appointments the weather will change for whatever time it is that you roll forward to and just it's like you're in the future it's like this is what the future watch face will look like and that is such a fundamentally like awesome horological feature that cannot be accomplished you know in anything short of an apple watch or short of a smartwatch. watch and it's it just like it's not a big thing and it was off by default but it was so just well-designed and well-implemented and fundamentally part of what a watch should do that it makes me really sad to see that go.
0: Yeah. I've never really used it, but I do think that it's an awesome feature and it's something that, like, if you're the certain kind of person or if you, like, maybe travel or you're, you know, whatever, like you said, it's something unique to a smartwatch. and that's th- those are the types of features that they should be leaning into because like apps aren't going to be it it's going to be how do we think about time and like what i'm doing today and everything around that
1: and it, you know what it does now instead of the time travel thing what <laughs> it does nothing <laughs> you roll the ground <laughs> when it's on and like nothing will happen and you know people always think like, so CGP Grey uh, was talking about this on one, some of the pod, I, don't, I think Cortex, the podcast Cortex, uh, where they took off the ability to scroll using the Apple Pencil. And the thought was, oh, okay, they've, they've got some plan for what the Apple Pencil will be able to do. Like, you'll be able to mark up on anything or something. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's way out, but I really don't think Apple ever intended to do that. And I don't think that they really have a great idea for what to do with the the crown scrolling you know when you're not um when it's just unlocked and on the home screen i have an idea what, what would what would you like to see
0: volume every time i like just intuitively when i want to turn up the volume on things i will scroll the crown and it doesn't do anything <laughs> yeah actually i would i would even accept that so i have to pull the phone out of my pocket and do it the old-fashioned way yeah i've even looked so nike
1: used to make a watch that looks like their regular like or not Nike. Well yeah, I guess Nike, but Timex had a watch that looks like their regular little digital watches. But it did we talk about this? It plugs into like it has a Bluetooth module that plugged into the iPods. And um all it let you do was play and pause music and I think like volume controls. And I was like, I want a watch that does that today because if I just had a watch and it didn't tell time or anything, it just play or paused my my phone or, or was volume. Like that would be worth
0: it. Yeah. Because you can't control volume and things from, like, yeah, I guess you can from, like, a wired headset, but I use the AirPods. Mm-hmm. So, like, what's the point of me having these if I still have to pull the phone out to, like, control things? Yeah, and the point of the watch is just, like, I, I really
1: value it doing a few things very well. Like, I I love it. If the crown was just always volume, I would, I'd rather have that than the... The time travel thing, but it doesn't do that, and I don't, maybe it's coming, but
0: I don't have super high hopes. My last complaint with the watch, and maybe this is fixed by now, but just it's just too slow to, for me to use so like I have a smart lock on my door, and I open I have to pull out my phone and I go to my like control center and I can unlock my door from there. Mm-hmm. I would really love to be able to unlock it from my watch from maybe a complication or even opening the app would be fine, but it takes like 30 seconds to load. And then like it's real buggy. It doesn't always connect. So
1: what? At least they're probably, you know, they're definitely trying to fix that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
1: That might just be pure technical stuff.
0: Yeah. Maybe that is fixed. I'm using a four or five year old watch at this point, Mm -hmm. but it's still annoying.
1: Yeah. A little bit on the topic of watches, because so this this was the case last time we did record, but I didn't uh, think to talk about it at all. Um, Two things. One, I have improved the, not not even design, I just kind of basically did a little explainer video on the calendar watch concept that I had. Um, So, well, that'll be in the show notes, and I don't know if you want to say anything about it. But yeah, the other thing, though, is that I did get a, one of the watches that I had talked about, which I said was unavailable. And through messaging the designer of the watch via his Instagram, and this is back to, you know, I have important uses for Instagram, right? <laughs> like messaging people to get these uh, sold-out watches. Um, you know, I just reached out to him, and he gave me an email, and I talked to him some, and he he sent me one. So I've got myself a pilot mission timer, which has a by bi- No, unidirectional countdown bezel, and I just... I love it. It's also a really cool design and has like no branding on it and all that and so it's just a, a solid watch. So this was just a guy that designed and sold these? Yeah, he's an industrial designer. He's actually like working on his own line of watches now. But before it was like probably I guess he was commissioned by like this adventure company to design a watch for them. So quick recap on SpaceX activities. Uh, I mean, there's there's so much guilt, but the big, big, big thing uh, is an update to the BFR and a very interesting first mission to the moon with it.
0: Yeah, I'm behind on this. I know that there's something about updates to the BFR and I have an hour long video saved to my YouTube queue. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. But I'll just have you explain it to me instead.
1: All right so the tldw here is that bfr has been redesigned yet again it is now i think 118 meters high which is considerably taller than what it was what it was going to be and beats the saturn V. so now it's like the tallest rocket uh, and things seem pretty finalized it also has in my opinion a much better look which is like you just got to go look at a picture but it, it looks like a classic sci-fi spaceship which is really cool um so that's essentially like the end of the the technical update of it i mean they're talked about a, a bunch of things with the engines and like re-entry profiles and stuff but the gist of it is it looks cooler and it's it's better pretty much in every way than the 2017 version
0: i guess let's get into the the missions so I keep seeing stuff about the moon and Mars. What's what's that about?
1: So Mars, I think, still stay in the course. You know, we want to do a mission there. And uh, the very, very, very optimistic date, I believe, is still 2024. There's no way on, in, in hell. No, it's not happening. But, but no. the cool news is that 2023 is now slated to be the first mission for bfr around the moon unless they do like an unmanned practice mission but if they do an unmanned practice mission it'll be to practice for this mission uh so in 2023 a japanese billionaire who got money from like just brands and stuff like fashion i think he is also an art collector and he has taken it upon himself to do kind of a very humanitarian ish thing kind of so he's paid for the whole bfr trip originally he was going to go on the much smaller like minivan minivan sized dragon 2 but that's not going to be human rated on the falcon heavy which is the rocket that would be required to be able to go around the moon so anyway this has been a long time coming and there was an announcement with the going around the moon before but they didn't say who and they didn't say like why or anything but it turns out that it's this guy but now he's got a whole bfr to himself which is the new giant rocket that will be for mars and Rather than just, like, himself or just, like, people he knows or whatever, he has decided to take six to eight other people with him that he thinks are, like, top-tier, world-class artists or either otherwise people that he just really appreciates.
0: Hmm. This is going to be the first
1: mission? I believe this will be... It'll be the first one that isn't just low-Earth orbit. There might be, like, a manned low-Earth orbit mission, but, like, that would pretty much just be a test i think okay you know there's room for it to change but like this is pretty much the first person that has like paid to use bfr so it'll be its first like
0: you know customer okay yeah i've seen these i've seen like the renderings of like the woman playing the violin which was around the first time they talked about bfr but i keep seeing that resurface. i'm assuming it's related to this guy It was not, actually. Elon originally tweeted that as, like, just promo
1: material for, um, saying, oh, like, this is the kind of entertainment and, like, environment that there will be on the trip to Mars. So it was presumably that was just, like, some violinist that was going to Mars.
0: Oh, I I just meant, like, it was just, it was just something that was shared as, like, a future thing. You'll be able to watch shows of a violin player in space. On your trip trip to Mars. But now it's being used as this, I guess,
1: billionaires. Yeah, now it's being used to kind of be suggestive of like, oh, this might be one of the artists that goes on the trip around the moon. And you can see, you know, they're going to have this just really um, surreal experience, I guess. And then, so MZ is the name of this billionaire. I mean, he has a full name, but it's Japanese. And he said to call him MZ. So he's MZ. And he, um, like, every artist that he's bringing with him, he's, like, asking to create some work based on what they see and the experience they have.
0: It's really cool, though.
1: Yeah. I like that. My first reaction before I watched the whole thing was, like, kind of roll my eyes because there's just so much art in space kind of stuff. And, like, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, we're, like, the... I mean, I could go down a list of just all these things that are meant to be like really artistic space things. and like, yeah, okay, but like you could do like something functional too at the same time maybe, but I don't know. He also could have just turned around and, and you know, like some people, I think Scott Manley, a YouTuber, he was worried this guy since he has a fashion brand was going to do a literal Willy Wonka.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Put it in like coat jackets. You know, tickets are included in the pants. Yeah. I do kind of like this idea. This is the first I've heard about it as... Is... All right, so this is just the first I've heard about it, but there's lots of science being done in space, which is obviously extremely important if there's going to be any sort of um, future. But I think what Elon Musk does well is, like, take things like electric cars or the whole world being solar-powered and make it, like, realistic and bringing it to, like, normal people. Yeah, some billionaires, not normal people, but, like for all the science that's been done in space, there hasn't been any, like, real... Like, it'll be a different perspective. Like, there are people that are... They go up into space and explain these, like, life-changing, like, observer effect, like, feelings that they have of, like, just how insignificant and unimportant things like war and all these little things are. Like, they have this kind of experience and that hasn't been captured in any way. Maybe, like, a bunch of artists going up there can, can help visualize that a little bit uh something more personal than um the science of it i don't know i think it's a cool idea yeah i mean
1: i've turned around and i'm pretty excited for it now uh certainly the hope will be that these people can just convey to sort of the common man and just you know people in general the feelings and experiences that they had yeah and you know, in one of his books, I think it's like a, like a fictional book that Carl Sagan wrote. I think it's Contact. There's a line that's something like, oh, they should have said a poet uh, to describe what space was like and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So, and yeah, now they're gonna. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> hang tight. And that's for 2023?
1: Yeah, very optimistically 2023. Yeah, we'll see about that. But, cool idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, they addressed it in the press conference because someone was like, you know, how how confident are you that this will be 2023? And, I mean, Elon, like, straight up said he's not super confident this will, like, like that this rocket will ever fly, right? Like, I mean, he's pretty confident that it's going to be a rocket at this point, but, like, you know, nothing's certain. And on top of that, the date that he gives is, like, this is if everything goes right, but nothing ever always, you know, goes right. So there will be some
0: setbacks there sounds like he's learned his lesson he's <laughs> <laughs> getting a little bit uh it's getting humbled, yeah, but that doesn't have to happen around the moon that could be in low earth or low earth orbit
1: what the the artist it's... thing yeah yeah it's a it's a bigger i mean yeah obviously it's a bigger deal for the moon
0: but yeah so I don't have much of a personal connection to this, but um I got an email today from Astro, and if you'll remember back to the beginning of the podcast, we talked a lot about our email clients. I'm using Spark, and Paul is using Astro. Um, I got an email that Astro has been bought by Slack. Um, they haven't explained any plans that they're going to be doing with it, aside from it's going to be uh, unsupported. It's at the beginning of October. <sighs>
1: Kill. so what is your plan so first of all i didn't even get this email admittedly i might have unsubscribed to their like own emails at some point but it is their app there should be something in there like hey we're we're not gonna exist in october 10th i think yeah uh, but you know and that's soon i don't know i don't know i might go back to the default mail client i hate everything <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's like two weeks away.
1: Oh, man. And like, what do you think will happen? Because this happens a lot, right? And like, surely Slack, do they just want some kind of asset that they're going to incorporate and they're not ever going to make a comparable thing? Or is this, there's a little downtime and then Slack's going to make a kick butt email client or what?
0: I don't know. My best guess is that Astro wasn't making enough money they were shopping around for buyers and maybe they have some kind of, you know, they've done a lot of work in this kind of bot thing. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're bringing some of the bot technology into, um, Slack and they just got a good deal on it. Um, it's hard to be an eBone client. I mean, there are so many and they're, are so many great free ones it's hard to compete and like fund it unless you're doing a lot of other things i don't know a lot about the company that makes astro but that's my assumption is that they got a really great price for a bunch of already done like work and they're just maybe acquiring the developers for some new slack feature
1: Mm. i have a fairly strong feeling that astro's plan was always to be acquired I would even guess maybe that they always plan to be acquired by slack but like i don't know i'd have to look into some of the details and like maybe it was just conversation with people that work at slack and they're like yeah we really need this thing like if you build a company
0: around it we'd probably buy it like the only other explanation would be slack is going to try and actually make an email client and merge the functionality with slack so like making an email slash kind of instant messaging thing
1: i could see that gil and i think that it would be just awesome it would be glorious yeah
0: i think that that could be cool but like i'm trying to think of what's the market for that slack's all about business and you're not going to get big businesses to switch to a switch to your email client i mean what they could have basically do is just be like hey
1: you know release astro in its entirety and unchanged but with slack branding and then you know they do this gmail thing like uh, here's a gmail thing it goes for a while and eventually you know integrations with slack and just you know little benefits you get from using slack as your email client and your messenger thing and i don't know how does google monetize gmail do they do like
0: uh i think that's just they do ad stuff yeah, they sell ads in Gmail.
1: Do they read your emails? Do they read your emails and, and do ads? Yeah. Yeah, so like essentially that, on, but the, just Slack doing it. And I certainly think they would have like an interest in, you know, having, having an email client and changing how email works and just like being the future of all of this.
0: Yeah. I mean, they would have to do something drastically different and it would have to be targeted towards like small businesses. I don't know. It just seems like too small of a market for them to focus on, but maybe I'm wrong because what Slack's great for is large teams. I'm sure that's where they make a lot of their money. It's like $7 a person over a certain number of users or something for like the actual business features. Um, But a lot of the like more casual groups have switched to discord. So I don't see people really using Slack outside of business and businesses are so dependent on the features and outlook um at least like the more you know once you get to a larger scale i don't don't know i just don't see what an email client would be used for but maybe i'm wrong maybe they have a really great like really like you know email hasn't changed for a very long time
1: yeah there's there's a lot of room to improve and you're seeing new features like um so again this is in the cortex podcast i think where they're talking about um does it spark or something has this cool feature where like you can have a little conversation about an email. Yeah. That's spark. Yeah. So that, I mean like that is just a subtle improvement, but a big one. And uh, also I would venture to say like maybe 80, 90% of like startups are using like, you know, Slack yeah. in some capacity. Maybe they're not paying for it, but I I think it's a big thing if you're, you know, discord is great for like everything else, but if you're a company, I'm pretty sure Slack is like the go to, right?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, maybe that's their target. Maybe they are going after startups and they're not going after like larger companies. Yeah.
1: But hmm, I don't I hope they are quick about it. I would like an email client. <laughs> yeah. And and I really, really loved Astro. Uh, but back to Cortex here. Mike from Cortex went through like a thing that he looks for in email apps. And I forget all the criteria except for one because it resonated with me. And that was like that the company behind it has a, a viable strategy to continue to be a company. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't just set up shop and then they close
0: out. And uh... yeah, we were talking this morning, but uh, do you remember Mailbox, the app that I was talking about? Yeah. So it was like this. It was like one of the first apps that integrated like swipe gestures.
1: Yeah. I got that and didn't really use it, but I I was aware of it and stuff. I
0: got that and I loved that app, but um, Dropbox bought it and then what they called, they sunsetted it, uh, which means they killed it. So since then I've been wary too, but the Apple app just doesn't have everything that I need. And I got more, actually, this is another annoyance we've talked about already, but I just got this new phone. And then all of a sudden, I've got a bunch of emails from Gmail saying, I notice you're not using our Gmail app. It's like, no, I know that I'm not using the Gmail app. Like, <laughs> and there's no unsubscribe button. So, I don't know. That's kind of a little side tangent, but it just feels super invasive.
1: Oh, well, I have problems with Gmail too. And that's mostly, well, number one, I've been told, you know, at first they were like, you know, Gmail has updated and like, it's an option if you want it. And, uh, you know, it was the same thing as Reddit and it felt slower and... I'm just used to the other one. It works just fine. Uh, But now I'm getting a notification that's like, hey, this is going to update in a week, and you don't really have a choice in the matter. (laughs) So I don't know if there will be a legacy mode or I'm going to have to get used to that, but uh, not super excited for that one. Yeah, email sucks. And, ooh, fun Gmail. Not glitch, I guess, but I just think they could do this a lot better. So I did a Craigslist post recently. And people reply, but you know what? A lot of people reply with the exact same subject line, even if you know you didn't specify anything, like just "Hey, email me." You know, they'll they'll come up with the, the exact same, like case sensitive, you know, same exact string as a as a subject line. And despite them coming from like different, you know, how Craigslist that generates like emails, and do you know like Craigslist has this thing? Yeah, yeah. So like the whole point of Craigslist, I think originally anyway, was. That you don't have to give your email address out because Craigslist just generates one for you and then, or generates one for the people trying to contact the poster. And then it generates one for me when I reply. And it's just this middleman that keeps us anonymous. But anyway, I get all of those different emails and it's a bunch of, you know, like random letters and numbers at Craigslist.com or whatever. And uh, they're different addresses, right? But because they have the exact same subject line, as from what I can tell, You know, I'm not 100% sure here, but it looks like if it has the same subject line to the letter, that it groups those emails together, which... uh, You don't like that? No, it's different people. Like, it's different people with totally different different conversations, but they happen to have put the same subject line, and I guess maybe also because it's coming from the same, like... um, Domain
0: or whatever the thing after the at sign is. Okay, so if you change the subject line when you reply, does that carry through too, or when they reply, it'll it'll be the same as it was before?
1: I haven't thought of that. I'm afraid to a little bit, and I'm actually not super sure that like both people aren't getting the replies. But I don't know. It's just a mess. I don't I don't know if it's doing exactly what I'm describing, but it's definitely not working correctly because it's just grouping people. Like it'll say both of their names as if there's some kind of uniformity to this or like, you know, like it's a group conversation, but it is not. These are unrelated people.
0: Is it interesting what you're using Craigslist for or no?
1: No, I, I kind of just posted like uh, entrepreneur looking for a partner business ideas kind of thing and just see what happened. Oh, Okay, cool. I got a lot of replies, though. It was just in the creative section, which I thought, like, who looks at the creative section? And I think I'm at, like, 30 to 40, 50 maybe
0: replies here. I'm like, okay. Here's my, here's my possible fun thing. I'm
1: going to say this so that it's there and then maybe I'll put it in there. I was as prepared as I have ever been. Not only did I get show notes organized and like headers on them and then also narrow them down to like a reasonable amount. Like we only have one thing that I didn't do that I like had starred to get to here, which is pretty impressive. But then in the time that I had extra beforehand, I had like 15 minutes before nine I I listened to voice warm up stuff and did like exercises with my mouth. Oh really? Yeah,
0: I've never done that. You know what I did <laughs> before? I huh. ran off the bus and grabbed all of my things and then <laughs> came over to this room. <laughs>